Hi, my name is Jamie, and welcome to the One World Your Story Project. We share stories from people all over the world and from all different walks of life. Because here's the thing, no matter where you are on this wild planet, and no matter what journey you have already been on, we all have our own unique story, which brings our own unique perspectives to the table. And you never know who you might inspire or completely transform simply by getting real and sharing your story. And right now, while the whole world is dealing with COVID-19, there are 7 billion people all venturing through on their own unique path. So drop in with us to hear some of these stories. And on that note, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Corona Diaries. So Thursday, May 28th, 2020, when we spoke, it was actually, I want to find out the exact date. I should have done that already. April 16th, 2020. So wow. <laughs> a month and a half ago. Um, and when we spoke, how far you were like, it was March 6th, I think you said. No, it was the 10th. March 10th that you started. Um, so it's been almost a solid three months since that. Um, and you were like a month out of being really sick when we spoke. Um, and now you're walking around the city out in fresh air. Like, yes. so actually I'm not even going to ask specific questions. What's transpired since April 16th, 2020 till now, May 28th. Oh boy. Um, I think I think I I think I was teaching when we were interviewed, right? Did I like just start teaching? You were doing online classes. I think a Saturday class at least. Y yes, yes. So I had just started that, and and that was a big um, adjustment for me. And I also hadn't um, done anything physically for like a whole month. So it was like You're a sick? real, yeah. yeah it was a, so it was a real harrowing experience coming back. And I spoke to you right at the beginning of that. So. What has transpired since uh, April, what date was that that we talked? 16th. April 16th. Um, if, if, if this makes sense, I feel in full swing with my life. Um, whereas before, it was just kind of like floating, if that <laughs> makes sense. Um, and now I'm anchored by three days a week having... A, a, an online yoga class to teach. So I teach on Mondays, mm -hmm. Wednesdays, and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. Um, and I've been doing that for over a month now, over a month and a half now. Um, and so I feel like I have some kind of a schedule, even though it's a very thin schedule compared to my previous life where I had one day off a week, if that. Um, so I'm getting used to like the new schedule, the new routine, if you will, uh, which has a lot more freedom than, uh, what I, I call it my past life, what I experienced in my past life. Um, I make it, I I've done a 21 day 
meditation journey. Um, and I feel like that has dynamically shifted my life. It's um, had a lot of personal catharsis with it and in it and that have lasted. In fact, I did another one, the same one again, over. Um, so what is it? I'm on like today, I'm on like um, 43 days in a row of, of sitting to meditate. You know, I, I, I have a, like I've always written, I've always been a writer. Um, and now I make sure I sit to meditate every day, whereas I wouldn't always have the time to do that or I wouldn't always do it in that way. Um, and if I don't accomplish these personal goals, I feel an emptiness in my life. So I've, I've, I've accomplished them every day. Like I, I say, I'm going to do my meditation every day. I'm going to stand on my head every day, you know? Um, and I just feel the, uh, if you will, the pieces coming together, um, personal fulfillment and um i feel inspired in a way i haven't felt in years uh i've been writing creatively i just um you know shared a poem with with a, you know mass audience uh I shared it in one of my classes i shared it on instagram and facebook um and i just i, I feel this this real surge of inspiration uh in the past month and a half. Um, I feel hopeful. I feel like I have much more of a purpose when I, you know, spoke to you a month and a half ago on April 16th. Like I said, I felt like I was just like floating. Um, and not in a, not in a particularly good way, like in an aimless way. And so I, I would say that the, 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 the purpose is to float, but with purpose, not aimlessly. So, um, I don't know, I guess I, feel like I'm floating with purpose as opposed to floating aimlessly, if that makes sense. Uh, all of that made sense. And I am beyond happy for you. Like my heart is swelling over here. And I mean, as soon as you opened the Zoom, I was like, okay, things are definitely different in a much lighter way. Um, and not just because literally it's lighter behind you. I could just feel that um, from your vibe and you're outside. I mean, cool. Wow. And I love that you said my past life because it's almost as if, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm putting words in your mouth, but I mean, you read me that poem. You no, know, it wasn't a poem. It was a journal entry, but it sounded like a poem um, on the night, that night that you first got sick. And um, Oh my God, I just completely lost my train of thought. What the heck was I about to say? No, it's gone. Um, Pass oh yeah, life. got it back. So you were like literally sitting with death. So like, would you call this a rebirth? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, this is just my own personal spiritual belief. Um, that we we experience many rebirths in our lifetime, um, reincarnations. Um, I I feel like I've had many in in that. You could call it a poem that I read to you, the journal entry that I read to you. I I said in that, I've 
been on death's doorsteps before, uh, which I have literally and spiritually both. Um, and so uh, absolutely, this is a rebirth. And I don't, I don't know why I just knew I needed to be outside when we had this conversation. Um, I didn't think about it in the context that you brought to light. Um, it just, I just knew I had to be here. This like where I am right now, it has become a sanctuary for me. It's, uh, at about 44th Street um, and 12th Avenue. It's right on the Hudson River, which you can see behind me maybe. Um, oh yeah, we can and see. And it's like I come here essentially every day, usually in the middle of the day like it is right now. Um, it's not crowded. I'll just do a little, you know. And um, the way that I, uh, I call this place the end of the world. So I, I like to say I, I come here to the end of the world. and. Um, that was actually the, the name of the poem I just wrote, At the End of the World. And um, there's a real peacefulness here. Um, and I, like I said, it's my refuge, my sanctuary. And so I just really wanted the interview to be here. And I think um, it really does encapsulate that. I mean, if you just look at the, the a split screen of our first interview, which had that moody, you know, dark purplish lighting um to now just the brightness it, it does uh, reflect where i'm at in my life especially from april 16th um this this lightness has um has really come over me like wow i have chills um and how like a month and a half is not that long of a time period you're like a new person yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, another personal belief, I believe time is not real. Um, <laughs> well, it literally is a made up concept. So yeah. And, um, a lot, I know a lot of people experience this, like, what day is it? You know, and you wake up and it's like, Oh, today's Monday. Oh no, it's Wednesday. Oh no, it's Thursday. It's like, but, but those are just names, you know, Monday is a name, Tuesday's a name, Wednesday's a name. It's just another day. And if we look at time in that context, we we're just given another day. So, you know, a month and a half is a relatively short amount of time. A month and a half is a really long amount of time. It depends on on, on the way that you look at it. You're like, I've 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 been in quarantine for a month and a half. It feels so long, or I've undergone this, you know, spiritual catharsis in that short of amount of time, again, it's like time is really an illusion. Relative. Um, yeah, it's all relative. And uh, what we do with it is what's important and how we use it is what's important. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> um, okay. So you're meditating now. You did a 20, was it the Deepak Chopra 21 days? Yes, Remember? yes, it was. Which one, which one? The abundance. The abundance one is the best one. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I haven't done all of them, not even close, but I did the abundance one in January and holy shit magic happens. It's amazing. That's, and today actually was the second round I completed of, of doing it. Incredible. Right Incredible. before this interview. So I just, you know, did 20, day 21 again before coming to join you. And I agree. It's magical. And what an interesting concept 
to do a meditation challenge on during a time like this, um, when so many people are feeling lack rather than abundance, but the truth is the universe is abundant. There's always abundance to be found. As you know, you just did the challenge. So, okay, 42 days, a month and a half. I mean, that must have been right around the time that we started talking or that we did talk, that you must have started. Um, And then the magic unfolds. Same thing happened in my life. Oh my God, you're inspiring me to want to do the challenge again. Um, I want to say, um, if I can, uh, I I was um, skeptical about the, the meditation challenge and the, the Deepak Chopra Center, um, uh, you know, when, when my friend invited me to do it, I met it with a level of skepticism. I would even say, uh, sadly, a level of cynicism. Um, I, I kind of maybe in some way wanted to discredit it. Oh, this, like, oh, this is bullshit. Um, and it just gave me so much life. (laughs) Um, and I got so much out of it that like when we were winding down the first time, I'm like, I I don't want this to end. Like this is enriching my life so much. How do I keep it going? And then, and then, you know, introduces the fine line of needing to not hold on to things. Mm. I mean, just so much opened up for me. So many, you know, realizations, beautiful realizations, like, what's the point of, of doing something if you don't want to finish it? Because, like, that's how I was feeling. I don't want this to end. So the question that came up for me is, well, why would anyone start anything if they're not willing to meet it till the end, which means it has to end? You know, and it just uh, shines a light on the human instinct to want to hold on to things and, and to... um not relinquish things and um, try to grasp for things and hold things and have things instead of maybe just experiencing things. Well, what you're talking about to me on a personal level, super fascinating. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Why start something if you're not going to see it through to the end? Or if you're going to start something, there has to be some sort of ending. Otherwise it's attachment. Um, and we can't let it go, but I don't think that what you're holding on to is the abundance challenge. No, what you don't want to end is the feeling when somebody gets a fancy car. It's not that they want to let go. They're afraid to let go of the car. It's afraid of all of the, the status and the feeling of having that car. When we are, you know, in a relationship, the relationship itself is not what we don't want to let go of. It's that feeling of partnership, of always having someone there, of feeling love. Um, so how do we maintain those feelings, I think? And then you can let everything else go. And come on, that's what like meditation and Buddhism and awakening is about, is finding that fulfillment within yourself. But at the end of the day, that's all that those abundance challenges are about too. For me, it was, I knew though, if I had those challenges, it was like a something reminding me to do the practices to keep those feelings going because they don't just come. You've got to keep doing the practices, but it doesn't mean you have to have this thing that you can't let go of. Yeah. Beautifully said. Um, and to your point, I realize that, you know, 
this is something I want to perpetuate in my life rather mm. than to like hold on to it. Like I want to, and that's, isn't that what abundance is? This yes. perpetuation, right? This endless perpetuation. So um, I realized it's not about like needing to hold on to it. It's like, I can, I can meditate every day. I can, I can set my own tasks, yes. you know? And um, instead of, of wanting to hold on to a moment in time, because we can't hold on to a moment in time, right? Because time is not even real. So how can you hold on to something that's not real? We, we create. It's, so it's unlocked this in it creative flow within me. Um, Hell yeah. So what are you creating? You were talking about that. Like you're, you feel inspired. You're doing all of these things. What are you doing? Yeah, I, 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 I know with full clarity, I want to publish a book. Cool. I, I want to read that book. <laughs> um, so I, I, it just became so clear. I mean, it's something I've always dreamt of, thought of, uh, bandied about in my head. And all of a sudden doing the meditation, actually, it was like, oh, I need to, I need to publish a book. Mm, yeah, you get these downloads. Yeah, exactly. And um, my the, the writing has just been particularly inspired um, lately, and and my desire to share it, you know. Um, well, what's your tagline? Hashtag love is medicine. Love is medicine, and I mean, I thought about that being the title of the book. <laughs> Please, <laughs> yes, it should be. It should be, or at least got to be like subtitle of the title a chapter or something something i mean love is medicine and when you're sharing what's lighting you up which i think comes from self-love and all of that i mean it comes from that place you are giving that medicine even if it comes in the form of a yoga class or in the form of a book you are spreading your joy and love and goodness gracious that's beautiful I'm so glad you're lit up. What I would really love to know is like, okay, because the day that we spoke, you were not in this place. You weren't. I just know that from the vibe and the feel of speaking to you, not to say that you weren't going to get there and even hearing you speak, knowing that you're a spiritual person, you can't unknow some of the things that you learn in that. And we have these tools in our belt and eventually you're going to use them because you know you can get yourself out of it. But to somebody that doesn't necessarily have these tools or know that, and they're in these hard, deep, dark, scary places, doesn't have to be because they got sick physically. It can be a mental, I mean, a lot of layers in this current situation. What would you say? I would say um, that we can all relate to each other on some level, whether it's fear. Um, I, I, I might've spoken about this in our first interview. I might not have. I believe that every person, I think we did. I believe every person in the world is infected with COVID-19, mm-hmm. whether they got physically ill or not, whether it's in your bloodstream or not, because everyone is affected by it in some way, whether it's you can't go to work, whether it's you have to work from home, whether it's you lost your job, you know, whether it's, you know, someone that died, whether you're just living in fear every day, whether it's you can't go to your favorite bar, whether it's you can't go to the movie theater, 
everyone in the world has been affected by COVID-19. So I feel everyone is infected with it, whether you dealt with it internally or not. And and I, it's important to say, you know, a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand Americans have died from this. So that is not to demean or take away the pain and anguish that this has caused on that level for so many people. You know, someone like me, I had it. I did get sick. I recovered. There are many stories like that. There's many people in the world who have not had it. And yet we've all been infected by it on some level. Right. And um, so to, to the people who are suffering, um, I think we're all suffering on some some level. My advice is to keep the hope and keep the faith and find hope and find faith and that is not easy to do and it's going to be a different path for every individual you know i i find it in writing i find it honestly to be quite frank with you coming to this tip of the pier what i call the end of the world and just sitting and looking at the sun looking at the sky like that's given me hope and i've lost my job i'm on i'm on unemployment right? And I come here and I sit and I look out at the world and I just see, literally see the abundance, whether it's the blue sky, whether it's the clouds, whether it's a ray of light, whether it's the water, whether it's the buildings of New Jersey across from me, whether it's the intrepid beside me, you know, I see abundance. Um, and, and I don't have very much of things, of material possessions. And, and so I want to share my experience to hopefully relate to people who maybe are struggling and to know however you need to find hope, find it in, in whatever brings you joy and, and again, love, because lo I believe love is the medicine that will help us get through this. So even if it's just reaching out to someone and saying, Hey, I need help or I'm having a really bad day or, you know, or just, I love you. It's the things that we can do opposed to reflecting on what we cannot do, or it's appreciating what we do have as opposed to lamenting what we do not have. And everybody can do that. So funny that you're saying this because last night I watched this video. I got sucked into a YouTube hole, which almost never happens. Um, this guy, <laughs> uh, one of the videos was was like, you've been everything you've been told about money is wrong. And this guy wrote this book. He didn't write it. He was interviewing this guy who wrote the book. I got to get the book. But basically, he was saying that it's very similar things, but as it relates to money, in that our whole lives, what we've been told about money and what we hear about money is lack have to save, find the best deal, get a coupon, all of these things, lack, lack, lack. Well, why can't we flip the script on that and talk about just, okay, how can we get more? Okay, I want to get this. How do I make it happen? Instead of like, how do I save, you know? Um, it literally flipping the script because words create reality. 
They really do. The only reason that this is a tank top is because I call it that, or that Tuesday is Tuesday, like you said, is because we call it that. If we start talking about abundance and using those words, that's the reality that's going to happen in front of us. That's what you start to see. And so that's what you're talking about with the abundance things. And it just shifts the way that your perspective changes. It just does. That shifts realities too. The other medicine that I want to point out that you're talking about at that little end of the world here that you're on, nature. I really think that nature is the best medicine. I mean, I had a panic attack for the first time in my life during this quarantine. It was actually the night before I got fired. I think my body knew somehow, um, like a somatic expression of it. And anyway, um, I, again, just lost my train of thought. Why does that keep happening? Um, gone, Victor. Anyway. This is about you at the end of the day. So, uh, oh, nature, there it is. So I hadn't gone into the mountains once. I'd like maybe gone for a walk around my block, but not really gone for a walk, found a spot that I loved. Like, fuck it, I have to go to the mountains. I knew it. And I got up there and you breathe the air and you're in nature and you look up. And I mean, you said, look at the sky, right? Or you look at the water. You realize in that moment, I mean, for me, it's a couple of things. Number one, it's the abundance. I mean, there's more stars in the universe, excuse me, more galaxies in the universe than there are grains of sand on this planet. Talk about abundance. Um, and then just look up at the sky and I'm like, wow. And it reminds me how small I am. Just nature is medicine as much as love is, I really think. Um, and the nature protects us, which is love. So maybe it's all the same. Um, really roundabout way of saying, I get what you're saying. <laughs> and thank you. And I was so grateful for the fact that you said, you know, Find all of these things, but by the way, that's going to look different for every person because just because journaling works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me. Meditation, I do think is a universal thing, but it, you have to practice it and find ways in which it does work for us. There's not a universal way to meditate, I think. Is exactly. Um, so yeah, amazing. Okay. I want to flip gears a lot. Okay. Anything else you want to say about like your mental health or your current state of being or what you're working on? Um, just that, um, I had gone to a very dark place mentally, mm -hmm. uh, and I, uh, a very dark place and to, to show, exemplify how dark of a place after I recovered, uh, physically from COVID-19, it drove me crazy when people would say, how are you? Because I was, I was, I was fucked up. I was, I was depressed. I you know, it's hard for me to say this out loud. Um, I recovered physically from COVID-19 and there, there was a part of me that really wished that COVID-19 took me. And I know how horrible it, it sounds and, and you might be very fair in criticizing me to say, how, how can you say that? How dare you say that? You know, cause so many people have died. It's how I felt. It's how I felt. It was, it was like, what what world am I living in? Um, I don't have a job, you know. I'm all alone. I'm this. I'm that. Do I want to even be here? And it's so important for people to talk about these things. Um, and it, there's such a taboo around talking about them. And I really hope to break down that taboo. And so, I mean, I think that just goes to show you, I, I, I was in a very dark place and this is someone who 
you know, really believes in the light and the light energy and the light force and, and, and finding the light from within. Um, and whether I dug myself out of that place or whether the universe conspired to excavate me from that place, I'm not in that place. You know, literally right now I'm in a place of light. If you just like look at the screen, if you just look behind me, like I'm in a place of light. Um, and so it's important for people to talk about how they feel. That's why uh, off camera, I asked you, how are you really? As opposed to just saying, how are you? I think we should all get accustomed to saying that to each other. Amen. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, long answer to that. Um, I, I did want to say that though. I'm really glad you said that. And I don't think anything along the lines of like, how can you say that? Um, just so you know, um, because I know I am also a person. I mean, people literally call me sunshine. Okay. Um, however, when I turned 30, I was traveling and, um, I got back I mean, I never really stopped traveling until the coronavirus, <laughs> um, but I wasn't working at the time and I hadn't been for over a year and I've worked my whole life and I was 30 and single. What the fuck am I doing? I'd spent all my savings and I mean, it hit, depression hit me hard. Never had it happen. And by the way, it doesn't take a reason to hit sometimes, you know, it hit you because of you got the virus and all the weight of the world, you know, and whatever other reasons were there. There doesn't have to be a reason. I learned that. Mental health can hit anybody at any time for any reason. And if you ever have found yourself in that moment, because that time for me was the first time I ever understood like, whoa, like I get why people are like, would take their life. Because when you're in those moments, it's like, it is hard to get through the day. And it feels like, will this ever end? Will I ever get out of it? Even though you know the stories of like, it gets better in that moment, shit. It's like, I can't keep, this is not a way to live at all. And I read a book on depression while I was depressed. I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, and it said, you just have to take action. That's it. One little thing and keep doing it and keep doing it and it'll get better. And that's what I did. So for me, I rented a car and I went on a road trip with my dog. I got out of the house and everything changed. And about two weeks later, I was sitting in the trunk of my car and I looked at my dog and I was like, I'm proud of, it was like the first time I felt proud of myself in over a year. Um, but it happened and pretty quickly, I mean, the time is relative, but two weeks later and, you know, so I'm very grateful that you brought that up, especially right now. I actually was interviewing a woman yesterday and her good friend the week before took his life. Um, I think that that's happening more than we are talking about. It, it Happening more than we were talking about in general. Right now, during this time period, I, I don't even want to think about how that's happening, but it's happening and we need to be talking about it because it does get better. It can happen overnight. It's just in that one moment when it feels so bad, maybe you need that reminder because I've been there. It happens to the best of us and the worst of us. It happens, yep. right? Yep. Just need that reminder. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for showing us the light. And it's not like you did anything major. You didn't get a new job. You didn't fall into a bunch of money. You just chose to meditate a little bit. It doesn't have to be something huge. 
right? Just taking an action on something. Thank you for saying all of that. Um, And I'm so happy to see you here and smiling. I can't stop saying that, but it's true. Now, the gear that I wanted to flip to that I think is really important to talk about is New York, you know? Mm Um, and you've, you're born and raised New Yorker, right? From what I remember. Yes, I okay. There is a pride in that. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, more than most places I feel like in the U S at least I can say, if you are a born and bred New Yorker, whew, in Colorado, if you're a Colorado native, that's a thing, but that's only recent. Cause everybody moved to Denver. The New York thing has been, it's like in your blood. But New York is not New York anymore. And when, when people say, where are you from? And you say New York, they say, no, really, where are you from? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and you're like, no, really. So, no, really like I was born here. <laughs> born this way, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've been hearing, I, I actually spoke to a friend a week ago. He just left the city. Other people are saying, why am I going to pay rent here? The culture's gone. I mean, New York, so much of what New York was, was the restaurants, the museums, the, the shows, the culture. Like, that's why you would go. That's why people the can live in a shoebox apartment. Life, yeah. yeah. You can stand to live in these closets because you live out in New York. The city never sleeps, except now. It's totally different. Talk to me about what it feels like to be a New Yorker and live in that city right now. And also knowing that a third of the U.S. deaths are in Manhattan, by the way, not New York, Manhattan. Well, New York City. New York City. Yeah, you're right, because that includes Brooklyn and Queens and the Bronx. Because there's actually, I think, most of the deaths are in Queens. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not Manhattan. Where, where I grew up, I grew up in Queens. Um, but uh, I don't know if it's, you know, a New York pride thing, like you were just talking about, like... I was born here and um, is, there's that New York pride of being a native New Yorker. Um, I know a lot of people who have left the city. I know a lot of people who have stayed in the city. I couldn't imagine being anywhere else or experiencing this anywhere else. I haven't wanted to leave. This is the only place I've wanted to be, um, possibly because it is my home. Um, it's a home for many who who choose it to be their home. I, it's my born home, but there's this like love affair. It's like, we, we, we relate to New York as if it's a person, you know, and like we have a relationship with the city. Um, and a lot of times it is a love hate. I, I hate living in this tight, tiny space. I hate the astronomical rents. I hate the crowded subway. I love the culture. I love the diversity. I love the freedom. I love the intelligence and the, you know, the opportunities. So there, it's always that, you know, sometimes volatile relationship. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> abusive sometimes. <laughs> sometimes abusive and sometimes quite wonderful. Totally. You know, like the way that I, I lived briefly in LA and I, I, I feel like everything is just kind of like static. Mm. Like when it's it's like nothing really changes in New York. It's the opposite. It's so dynamic. It's like when you're on top of the world, you walk down the streets like you own them. <laughs> yes. Conversely, when you're like down in the ditch, it's the worst place to be. Mm. You know. So it's this this town of extremes. Um, 
what's it like to live here in New York during this time? It's hard to say because it's it's just my life, you know. I don't I don't know anything else. Yeah. Well, but I mean, is it new New York? Would you or different New oh, York? Oh yeah, absolutely. But like you know, like New York as a person, like the people in our lives, they keep changing, and we either <laughs> change with them or we don't. Fair, fair. Wow. Yes. You know, and so that's why a lot of people have left New York. I I stayed, so I'm accepting the changing New York for who it is because I love her. Um, I love him. I love it. I love them, whatever, non-binary, you know. Uh, New York probably is a non-binary identity. (laughs) If there was a place that was non-binary, it would be New York. Yeah, so it's like I love who New York is. I mean, there's a lot of the wisteria of like the heyday of New York, like a lot of us New Yorkers, like New York is not what it used to be. This is before COVID-19, you know, where it's become so gentrified, where I really feel like it's lost a lot of its grit and its character. And that's the thing, it hasn't lost its character. It's just changed its character. And like a person, you either accept them for who they become or you don't. Uh, And there are things that we might, like about people when they change and there will be things that we don't like about people when they change and the bottom line is do you love that person enough to keep them in your life Mm. and I love New York I mean I I I can't imagine really living anywhere else right now um for for a long time I thought I would I could never live anywhere else you know um now I, I am more open-minded to that. And right now for this moment in time, this is the only place I'd want to be. And it's kind of like this feeling of we're getting through it together. So while I live alone, you know, while I live by myself, while I'm single, it's like New York is my partner. And we're, we're holding each other's hand. And we're going to have ups and we're going to have downs. And we're never going to let go of each other. That's beautiful. And I so, like that analogy really hit home for me. And it makes so much sense. And it takes a certain level of commitment to weather the storm and go through the changes together. Because it can't be the only one that changes. Just like a relationship. But as you've said, you already are transforming. So really cool really really cool um the last question i will ask you today and then of course you can share anything else that you like is you know i always have to ask this my favorite question can you guess can you get can you i said is my favorite question i always have to ask can you guess what it is i should be able to i'm blanking yeah um that's so weird i'm getting a call from puerto rico on my phone um the question is what good is coming out of this so i'd love to know if you've seen any new good developments since the last time we spoke or if you can predict any or see any good things coming in the future (sighs) which by the way i will say one thing i have to really quickly because whenever i'm talking to someone new about this i'm like oh in the darkness is where the light shines i mean you were in the dark 
literally. <laughs> and look at you now. I mean, it's just cool. I had to say it. So yes, what good? Aside from the good that has transpired with you, which is incredible and will spread, of course. What other good? I do believe there's a lot of good. I do believe it will take a lot of patience and time and willingness to see it. Mm. By that, I mean, I think the best thing to come out of this is, is that it's collectively opened our eyes. Mm. And it has given us the space to create the opportunity to move forwards instead of move backwards. Mm-hmm. When, when people, yeah, when people rightfully say, I just want to get back to normal, it's to me, it's like nails scratching on a chalkboard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very blessed. I have the opportunity to speak about this in the yoga classes I teach. I, I said it yesterday. I understand the natural inclination of saying that I want to get back to normal. However, the good that has come out of this is we get to actually look, okay, what is quote unquote, the normal we want to get back to. Yes. And so, so sadly right now, you know, we're living in a moment in history where we just witnessed a brutal murder in Minnesota on film of a black man by a white cop. And it's a terrible thing. It's an atrocious thing. And it gives us the opportunity to realize that is the normal that people are talking about, are talking about wanting to get back to. The normal that people are talking, are, are talking about wanting to get back to are children being shot in their schools and perpetuating this major socioeconomic division between races, you know, between people of color, between people of affluence and poverty. And so we have this unique opportunity to advance our society and to fundamentally change things that are just plain wrong and unjust and need to be fixed and need to be addressed and to have these conversations. And there's, we can either be engulfed in the hopelessness of this is something that we've seen countless times, you know, and is it really going to change? Or we can actually say, we can fucking change it. We have to fucking change it. And we cannot accept any other answer beyond that. And that to me is the good that is coming out of this is that it is waking up the world to a lot of horrible things. I think we need to see them in order to change them, in order to make them better. And November 3rd, to elect a president with morality and empathy and who is going to actually care about people's lives instead of his own personal self-interest. And if, I hate to say it, but if, if it, you know, he, the impeachment didn't work and, and that problem was only getting worse, meaning the corruption in the government, 
it might have taken this crazy disaster, hundreds of thousands of lives lost to get rid of Donald Trump. And getting rid of Donald Trump is a good thing. So that is a good thing that is coming out of this because I cannot believe in my heart of hearts that he can be reelected. Every part of me hopes that you're right. Every it's scary, part of me. It's scary, right? It's scary. We're scared. But there's no chance he can be reelected. And, and we have to fight to make that happen. I will, I am doing the fight with you. I'm in it because it's terrifying to me. I mean, I definitely thought in 2016, it was never going to happen. But the thing is, I know it can. So while I am hopeful that it won't, I know that it can, if we don't do what you're talking about. Um, and it takes action. Like we talked about before, it takes action. And you know, I, I cringe too, when people like, I want to go back to normal. The, first of all, Normal was different for everybody. And we can just say, I want to go back to the way life was. I'll say that. The way life was for a lot of people was really shitty. Really shitty. Um, Even for people that thought it was good, they're realizing, whoa, like I haven't had time to cook meals with my family. Like, do you really want to go back to not having that? I don't think so. And to your point about the shit that's happening in the U.S., I mean, I'm literally having a conversation. I don't know if you saw this, but I'm having conversations about race in America on One World, your voice now. It has to happen. And it has to happen from white people because the white people are being quiet about it because, oh, it's not our place to say anything because it's not our thing and bullshit. We are the only ones that can change it. How many voices of black people do we need to hear talking about changing it for years and it's still happening because the white people aren't standing up to the white people? That's what has to happen. We have to talk about it. Why have we not made reparations for slavery? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just crazy things. And so, and, you know, I, there's this book that I think should be required reading in this country. It's called, So You Want to Talk About Race. And one of the things she says is, you know, it's not about liking black, getting white people to like black people or all of us getting along because even that wouldn't solve the root of the issue. Because the roots of the issue are the machine. It's the mechanics behind it. It's the systems of oppression. It's our education system, our financial system, which, like you said, we have the opportunity to completely change those in ways that we never did before, especially the economy and education. So let's make the changes. Hopefully it'll happen. Um, Is there anything else that you want to say as of today, May 28th, 2020, on the record, living through this time in history, Victor? Uh, I'm at the end of the world and it's the beginning of a new one to spring off of that. And and we can create the new world and we can make it beautiful and just and abundant and inclusive and we can make it better. And love is medicine. So let's just spread love and, and keep hope and have faith and be grateful. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the One World, Your Story podcast. If you enjoyed hearing this story and you wish to hear more, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. And of course, follow us on Instagram at One World, Your Story. From all of us here at the One World, Your Story podcast, we are sending you so much joy and love. Have a wonderful rest of your day.